All right, friends, this is our third episode in the Women Who Made Me series. We are joined by two of my dearest friends, Alex Lippert and Kamie Nemeth. And um, because we're transparent here at the middle, I'm going to warn you that my sound was awful this entire time. So I had to recreate it. One, I am really proud of myself as an actress. Two, you can kind of tell because... I'm still mastering my audio art. So if you're just like, man, sometimes Lacey sounds real fresh and sometimes she doesn't. That's why. Um, But Katie and Alex are just so amazing and I didn't want any of it to take away from their beautiful words and amazing hearts. Just, ah, I obviously love them so much. So jump in. I do have extra content that I didn't put in this that I do believe I will release via Patreon starting next month. So, you know, if you love this conversation, there's more of it. So let's jump on in to our conversation. Welcome to Sharing the Middle, where recovering perfectionists, overachievers, and anyone in the middle of a struggle come together to learn to embrace the messy middles of life. I'm Lacey, your friend in the middle and guide, whose claim to fame this week is basically being a domestic goddess. I did a whole lot, like cleaning a toilet, uh, making dinner, pizza dough from scratch, even folding two loads of laundry. Basically, I'm killing it at life today. Uh, Today, I am joined by my dearest friends, continuing our Women Who Made Me series. Also, full transparency, this is the second time we are recording this episode because of technical issues. So if you hear us refer to last time, that's why. So first we have Alex Lippert. Uh, Before I do that, I just want to say I met Katie and Alex in our graduate program uh, 11 years ago now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So... We're going to do a lot together, and yeah, so let's start with Alex. I'm going to let you introduce yourself first. What would you like to the listeners to know about you? Um, yeah, like Lacey said, we met in grad school. I think Lacey and I both have always shared like a love for school. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lacey, you've always loved it. Like You like being good at school, I think. I love it, yes. <laughs> I don't need to be good at school, but... <laughs> I always loved the conversations that happened in grad school, the the cooperative learning mm-hmm. uh, that happened. So I think we, you know, you and I bonded a lot over our love of school and our love of chatting. I know you've talked about how to much chat. you love chatting. I also love to chat. Um, and so other fun facts about me. Um, I live in Cincinnati with, I, yeah, you other two live in Cincinnati. I'm born and raised here. And I have three kids ranging between ages two all the way up to 12. Um, and yeah, I got a fun little nine to five job in research. And on my spare moments between raising all those kiddos, I like to be outdoors and head to our cabin. That's very much a work in progress and hike around. Yeah, so fall in love with Alex. I know you will. Next, we have Katie. Katie Nemeth, I will let you introduce yourself. Hi, I, yes, I'm Katie. I live in Cincinnati. I am an arts fundraiser by profession with Cincinnati Ballet. Most recently, um, I, so until July, I was living in Brooklyn, New York, working for uh, an arts school, doing fundraising there and enjoying 
the big city life. I was a pandemic gardener, which is something that I will continue to explore here in Cincinnati. I had lived there for about seven years and found myself being from the Midwest. I grew up in Michigan. I was ready to take things. I I think of it as like a dial. So I was kind of at like, it felt like a nine and a 10, um, especially during the pandemic and following it. Um, living in New York. And I was ready to take it down like two or three notches in terms of, you know, quality of life, affordability, being near. It's a good place to take it down a notch. It is. And most importantly, I was so eager to be near these beautiful ladies. So Lacey and Alex and our dear friends here in Cincinnati and closer to my parents who are both in good health and two of them I'm also very close friends with. And I wanted to be sure that it didn't take some sort of emergency or something scary to bring me back to the Midwest. I wanted to be able to enjoy time with people I love now. (laughs) So that is why I'm here. And I'm so excited to be chatting with the two chattiest, most lovely women that I can think of. (laughs) And They'll also fall in love with Katie, too. I know it for sure. Everyone does. You, too, have a very um, unique view of the middle because you've kind of been with me along the way. I also know that you are avid, loyal listeners, which I appreciate. And so you know me and you know what my first question is. When you first heard of the middle, what did you think of and what resonated with you? Katie, we'll start with you this time. Yeah, I remember when you shared this concept um, over chips and salsa and margaritas, I believe. And the first thing that came to mind, because it was something that I had been thinking about recently, being back in the the world of dance um, after taking some time away from it. And I was had just been thinking, I'm so grateful that the, in my experience uh, as a dancer growing up and taking dance, that I was never in one of those high pressure, pre-professional programs that are trying, you know, setting you up to do a collegiate program or, you know, pursue dance professionally, which I see and I truly admire the dancers who are in those um, programs. Cincinnati Ballet has one of those programs. But just for me personally, I think the reason why I fell in love with dance is exactly because I was in the middle. I wasn't particularly great. I wasn't the worst dancer. My best dance, as these ladies know, was Hawaiian dance. That was the style (laughs) that I excelled Hawaiian and Tahitian dance. Wonderful party trick. And, but to me, what my experience with dance was, was that I could enjoy it recreationally, that I could participate in the choreography, I made wonderful friendships through dance. So for me, it became dance was really a social experience in addition to a physical one. And I think something I'm learning about the the middle um, as I'm thinking about it and as Lacey continues to guide us through is that for me, the social one, I like it here. I like it in the middle. It feels great. And it's fun. And two, that that the social, your social relationships and the social experience is an important part of the middle and can make being in the middle feel like it's not a lesser than thing, but rather kind of the place to be. 
So those are the things that have come to mind um, and first came to mind when you introduced the idea. Yeah, I continue to be an adult recreational dancer and, and loving it. I have never thought about how being in the middle with other people that you like makes the middle better, right? I mean, it, that's the stuck in the middle with you song. And I always think of Grace and Frankie because it's the theme song of that, yes, right? Yes. And Maiden's just so about the middle, them figuring out the middle of that. Anyway, let's, I have a lot of thoughts now. Love Grace and Frankie. <laughs> Love those ladies. Love it. Uh, absolutely. What about you, Alex? Um, yeah, Katie, that really sparked some thoughts. I, I mean, this isn't my, this is like a tangent, but yeah, yeah I've, always, I've always loved being in the middle, which comes back to what I said, Lacey, about loving school was like, I never need, wanted to be at the top. I liked being just like, oh, you don't have to call on me for all the questions. I just want to like be here for the experience. But I think in work too, I really, I've never strived to be like a director or a manager because I don't want to be the one everyone relies on. I want to be like in that middle, like, oh, Alex is great. She's such a great team player. But we, you know, I don't want to be on the line when shit hits the fan. <laughs> so I, I can understand that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I think of that when you talked about your dance experience, Katie. But the middle for me, you know, I know, Lacey, when you started it, you talked a lot about being like in the Midwest, being in the middle of your life, being in the middle of your marriage, or, you know, like you're at all these life phases where it feels very in the middle. Mm -hmm. But for me, the middle struck me as thinking about writing stories and the way that we tell stories. You know, I, there was a period in my life, I was an English teacher for middle school. And then even at our my current role, when we teach storytelling, we use the five elements of storytelling with the roller coaster metaphor. If anyone's ever drawn it out on a poster board or something when they were in fourth or fifth grade, where it starts with your exposition, your rising action, then your climax, falling action, and then your resolution, your conclusion. And so I think of the middle a lot in that between the rising action, between the falling action, just what's happening there, those pivot points in your story, uh, which don't always have to be bad or good. They're just like those moments leading up to big change and the, you know, the kind of aftermath as well. That's the middle. You're not in that setting up the scene and you're not in the resolution yet. I do like that visual too. And you know, when you think about it as like a roller coaster, a lot of people love those two parts the most, right? Mm -hmm. The anticipation, mm -hmm. the anticipation, the anticipation, click, click, click. and then the feeling of, yeah, <laughs> click, 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 click. Yeah, yeah. no one be stuck at the top. <laughs> no, that sounds very stressful to me. <laughs> As you were talking, Alex, I also had this moment of like, man, the amount of lives that you've lived and just the time that we've known you. It's just like, yeah, I was a teacher. I was a PhD student. Mm -hmm. You've just, you've been all these things. I forget sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely have pivoted careers, uh, educational programs, hobbies. I've owned a few homes. I've, uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like even though I've lived in Cincinnati for such a long time, I, I do feel like there's been many a chapter already. Yeah, for sure. You're doing it right. Do either of you have a middle moment that you're excited to share? I'll let you all decide who wants to go first. 
I'll go. Um, so I'm, you know, Lacey, you and I have talked about this so much. I feel like I'm always in the middle of things. I'm a big project person, so I'm always in the middle of projects. I'm always in the middle of big decisions. Uh, you know, I just like have a lot of, I've got unfinished Lego sets over there. I've got corners of the room, not painted, thousand emails, whatever. But for me, something that really came to mind as I was thinking about this is definitely my career. I mean, we just talked about how many lives that I've lived and ways that I've pivoted. And it's probably one of my biggest struggles is feeling like I haven't actually found what is that calling? What is that major passion? You've talked to so many people on your other podcasts that it's so cool to hear that they found this thing that is pushing them and that they can't sleep without trying to solve it kind of passions, right? Mm -hmm. And moments when they were in previous careers and it just like, aha, moments that hit them that they knew I got to do this thing or I want to do this thing. And I kind of always feel like I've been waiting for those moments. And as someone who I think is a, if you're an Enneagram person, a seven Enneagram, we're all over the place and we love to chase different hobbies and different passions. And I've always been kind of longing for that that climactic moment on the roller coaster where I'm like, that's what I was meant to do. Ah, great. Okay, perfect. Hasn't happened yet. Definitely have enjoyed a lot of paths that I've been taken down and enjoyed parts of them all, but never fully felt like, oh, this is, yeah, this is clearly what all my skills and talents have led me to. It kind of takes me to a process that I've waxed and waned over through the years is, you know, I have three kids and with the last two, I definitely weighed, okay, do I keep working? Do I keep pushing it? Do I pivot careers? Is this my sign to finally do something different? Is this my sign to be like a stay-at-home mom for a while and see what that feels like? I I really have no major resolution. Um, Again, I'm sort of in the middle of of that right now. And I have been for a while of thinking through when do you know the next the next move, right? Yeah. And so again, yeah, I'm still waxing and waning through, okay, do I take the next step in my career? Do I reel it back a little bit and do something part-time? Do I think about staying home with the kids? And what does that look like for someone who's worked, I don't know, for my short life, but for all, you know, for all of it? You know, it's funny as you're talking, it's never, I've never had this kind of sense of clarity before. Do you think that the search for you is that <laughs> sounds so ridiculous. But when you're talking about being in mm-hmm. the gear, I'm seven and, and this like ability to pivot and move and like, maybe that's it. Maybe that's just living life to how you want is that passion and excitement. Lacey, you're hitting on something beautiful. I, I do. <laughs> that has definitely crossed my mind as well as maybe that is actually one of my biggest gifts. I mean, even Gosh, when I was in, I don't know, senior year or whatever, and you had to give your what am I going to do for the rest of my life presentation, we gave one in English class. And I literally said, well, I'm going to do three different things. I'm going to be a philosophy professor. I'm going to teach surfing lessons on the side. And then I might do improv comedy. (laughs) And like, I remember the professor being like, oh, okay, like that. And I was like, and it's going to be on the (laughs) California. It's all going to be outside somehow. 
Yeah. Um, By the way, you saying that it's like, yes, absolutely. Accord. Of course you could do all these things. <laughs> absolutely. Everyone else is like dentist, accountant, uh, businesswoman, And I'm just like, well, I don't know. I think I might try, you know, I'll do these like three things all at the same time. It'll be great. So I think you've, yeah, you've hit on something which, yeah, as the Enneagram seven, we do love not being tied down to any one. Here's the course your life is on. You got to stick to it. So it might be, you know, that my greatest gift is that curse of always hopping to something new and just finding how to love that I'm able to fall in in and out of love with such different paths all the time. I do also wonder if hearing stories of other people doing and being like, this is my one thing is what makes you feel like you need that when you don't need that. I mean, if there's anything that I feel like I've learned all the time is that I keep getting messages from society about who we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to do. And it's like, why? Why? Why do you need one thing to be your it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's, you know, we've talked about like the fake rules, you know, mm-hmm. and other conversations about the and they're hard to break your mind out of because they've been ingrained in us since we were little, right? Like, oh, you're going to go to high school, then you're going to go to college, and then you're going to pick your career, and you're going to, like, keep building into that, and you're going to retire from that career, I, you know? Um, and I am always so inspired by stories of those, you know, women who were nurses then started a brewery when they turned 50. And, you know, I'm like, oh, my God, that's amazing. Because I do always like the idea of it's you know, you're never too old. It's never too late. You got to chase a new passion, to start a new whatever you want to start. I do love a good pivot story. Yes, I've got a pivot story. I'm. I'll jump in because I agree. Well, this is a middle story, but it involves a major pivot. I think this story that I'll share, the one that's been the biggest, that's been most recent, was the decision to pivot from Brooklyn, living in Brooklyn and comfy, cool Brooklyn, to decide. Um, to come back to the Midwest. And it was it coming on the tails of feeling like this. So it's more, it's less about a job and more so about just how I was feeling and a per, like personal circumstances, but to have been living in, in Brooklyn and I had traveled a lot for work. So I think I even sent you guys a spreadsheet at one point to help. So you would could visualize, cause I, that's what I would want is to be able to picture where my friends are, but I was traveling a lot and felt like I just wasn't spending enough for living in in a neighborhood and city I loved. I wasn't spending any time there. And I I thought that I would really love, I think that's maybe another middle thing sometimes is thinking you might love something on either side. So thinking you know exactly what you want on the other side or thinking you knew exactly, you know, how you felt about something, it, it really more so thinking you'll love something. But I was finding that I was traveling alone, didn't have, wasn't able to build and kind of participate in a community like I really wanted to outside of my work community, which is cool. But I'm, I'm, I'm learning about myself that it's important to have work community and then also friends on the outside too. And so I was, I started, this is, I just, just told someone about this. I was so craving community. I started watching Jeopardy at a bar down the street so that I could be around other people because I worked from like remotely otherwise. And that was like a big alarms or not alarm, but like um, a big wake up of like, oh, that's what I'm looking for. That's what's missing is that I, 
I don't have the time here to be able to build the friendships that I, I'm looking for, that I know nourish me. And so, yeah, of course, I thought to you women and the friendships I built most recently in Cincinnati and started thinking about what that might look like to come back to the Midwest. But a, a feeling, and this is another thing of like, a lesson I'd learned that I'd never felt, but had heard, which was like, if you move to a big city, you're, you, that's where you live. You don't leave that city. Like that. It's like a failure to leave. Like you couldn't make it. Right. right. You I've graduated, which is so stupid. Yes. But to be honest, when I was really, 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 I think being in a middle, in the middle requires honesty with yourself for me personally, and honesty with the people around me of like, I'm not, something's not clicking. Something's not right. And I, I gotta make, I got to figure it out. I got to change something. And so another lesson, once you talk about it, and it just happened that I had shared with you both that I was feeling like I was ready to, you know, something's got to change. And Alex sent me the position that I'm in now at Cincinnati Ballet. I spoke to- The lengths I'll go to to get my friends. (laughs) I'll also send you houses in my neighborhood, like (laughs) work near me, live near me. It felt, I didn't even, the middle happened before I realized I was in a middle and then I was in the middle. And then once I started talking about it and like, which is what we're doing here now, which is what you've helped to facilitate Lacey with this awesome community, like that's where the magic happens. It's, you got to be comfortable sitting in it, but I feel like the real the coolest stuff happens when you talk about it. Not in an, and see, you can even hear I'm desperate to get out of even talking about it. I'm like, if you talk about it, you get out of it. And then you can go on with living your life. But it, the reality is it, they continue to happen. But talking just helps. It processes the middle. Yes. Yeah. Talking helped me to realize that I wasn't alone and I had support. I would love for each of you to do a piece of advice or maybe a takeaway, uh, something that has stuck with you for your life to share. Cause you know, I love it. Alex, we're going to start with you because I already know yours and I love yours. Oh, okay. I was actually going to change my. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, then I'm going to make you do too, because I really okay. like yours <laughs> and yeah. I've told people about it. <laughs> Okay, well, I'll give you two. The first one will go off of my earlier middle story, because like I said, I've waxed and waned in like what the next move is. And uh, during the pandemic, work got really crazy for me at one point. It was really, really stressful. And my kids were not in daycare or in school. And I was, you know, not thriving, um, as many of us, right? And so there was a moment where I was like, I should just like quit work and stay home with, you know, the kids because work is just too much right now. I'm, you know, and a good friend of mine who had also kind of made that decision for herself gave me the advice of, and I don't know the exact way she said it, but don't make decisions because you want to avoid something else. Make it because you're excited about the next chapter that this is going to bring on for you. Of course, this can't apply to every situation, right? Um, But 
it really made me stop and think like, oh, I'm not actually excited at this moment in my life to stay home with my kids. I'm really just frustrated with work right now. And I haven't spent enough time trying to problem solve how to improve that. Um, And so instead of making that big decision and actually going towards something I wasn't thrilled about at the time, just like wanted to avoid this other thing happening. Um, It really allowed me to think about what was happening at work and talk to my manager about how I was feeling. And they did a lot to make that situation better for me. And I, I just really loved that advice of like taking a step back to think about why am I making this decision? Is it because I want to, I'm excited about what this is going to bring or is it because I'm feeling really icky about this other thing that's happening to me right now? Mm. Um, again, Absolutely. can't apply in every situation, but sometimes you really do need to avoid something that's happening in your life. Like, yeah. you know, um, for good reason, but all right. Well, I do want the other piece of advice because I think it's yeah, really yeah. good. So the other piece go. of advice, which is, I, you know, <laughs> would title a book, this piece of advice. I'm sure I told it to so many folks. Um, and the reason this piece of advice comes, Lacey, because last time we recorded this and then many conversations about the middle, you know, I'm nine years into my relationship with my husband, just had our six year anniversary, which I know for a lot of people, that's not considered the middle of marriage. That's fine. But for me, I do feel like in a lot of ways, we're in the middle of our marriage. Um, you know, We've changed careers together. We've had kids together. We've gone through a lot at this point um, together. And so much of what I can do and decisions I can make and hobbies I can start or not start or whatever is because I have like such a great, supportive, consistent, show up for you husband. Um, And so this brings me to my thoughts on like, What's going to get you through those big middle moments in your life is that partner (laughs) who you've chosen. Um, A piece of advice that was given to me when I was 16 by my hairstylist who was in her like mid 20s um, and was seeing her first kind of rounds of friends getting divorces. And she said, never like never marry anyone that you couldn't be divorced from or, you know, only marry someone you'd want to be divorced from. And it sounds really like, what? Whoa, why would I want to divorce the person that I've chosen? That's not really what the advice means. It means that, is this person still a good, honest, respectful human being when shit hits the fan? Mm -hmm. Right? Like, we all will change over time. Our marriage will not stay the same. Um, we may not stay the same and it may not work out at the end of the day. And is that going to create a really, really painful experience? Because that person has a darker side or doesn't know how to deal with some of those challenges. Um, and so I, that's my piece of advice. And I, I really firmly believe in it, that when you're picking your person and deciding to marry them, is that someone who, if it doesn't work out, you're still excited to co-parent with them. You know that there's not going to be these 
horrid fights along the way, if it doesn't work out, people are still going to be respectful and, and show up for each other. What about you, Katie? So when I am thinking about advice and advice that continues to come up for myself and then, you know, any things I've offered to others, the number one piece that I can think of is advice I learned. I think Elizabeth Gilbert perhaps um, talked about it in the happiness project. I think that's where this uh, originated from. Um, But the quote, the advice is if you can't get out of it, get into it. And that is something that has carried me through many a crummy situation where, and the advice or the initial sharing of it was like, if you have to do the dishes, may you at least enjoy the warm water on your hands. May you at least enjoy the act of, uh, and the space to think about something fun or look out the window if you have a window, you know, mm-hmm. if you can't get out, you've got to do the dishes, may you at least find pleasure in it. And I think if you're able to adopt that attitude, which again, it's hard to find sometimes, but if there's something that you're really in, a, I don't know, a moment or a challenge or, you know, something that is incredibly crummy, whether it's like a big thing, like you're in a job that you really dislike or a a tough spell in parenting. I'm not a parent, so I won't speak to that. But if there's... It still applies. Don't worry. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If you can find little ways to find or little pockets, little like entrees into points of joy um, or pleasure, then, then definitely then do that as much as you can. You know, if you can't get out of it, if it's something you must do. And I guess the quiet advice too is if you can get out of it, think about it, you know, is like, maybe get out of it. If it's a social obligation or something that is weighing you down that you can ditch, but if, if it's important to you, you can't get out of it, get into it. I really like that, Katie. That makes me think about sometimes people that are maybe family members or maybe a, a coworker, right? Or a neighbor that you are maybe not the most thrilled with or something, you know, there's just like an underlying issue that you struggle with of trying to find the places that you do enjoy conversations with them or where is that common ground where we can do this? You know, maybe, you know, holiday conversations could be a little tough for some folks and you can try to think of like, oh, what do I, what do I love talking to this person about? Like, what can we both be excited about? Exactly. I'm going to take the other side of it. I say, well, if you can get out of it, I like, I think about the, again, rules, fake rules, which is now the title of this episode. <laughs> of, yeah. <laughs> but I think about if you have the means to hire someone to come and clean your house, and that's something that you hate, you can do it. Outsource. You can outsource it. Yes. Outsource. I definitely being more Midwestern, we are have this idea that about you have to do everything yourself. Same with like motherhood, this idea that you have to do everything yourself. If you have the means, you can get help and out of it. You don't have to suffer through everything. So we're amending it. It's if you can't get out of it, get into it, period. If you can get out of it. If you can outsource it, it, do it. Please go. Just go. It's fine. Go. Thank you both for sharing the middle with me today. I really appreciate it. We appreciate you. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. We love the middle. 
As usual, thank you for sharing The Middle with me today. Remember to check out my writings at themiddle.com. That's the M-D-D-L.com. While you're there, you can sign up for the weekly newsletter to get a little bit more middle in your inbox each week. I am a one-woman show, so any bit of support means the world to me. I want The Middle to be as accessible as possible, so I have several ways for you to support. You can shop The Middle with some merch or my books, the Lacey Loves affiliate links and recommended products, Patreon for additional community and content, and I also just have a tip jar if you'd like to leave a tip. If you like today's show, also make sure to subscribe at your favorite podcatcher, share with a friend, and maybe even leave a five-star review. Thanks so much to Lemon Music Studio for our theme music. It is literally called Sunshine, and that is certainly how it feels to me. Can't wait to see you in the middle again. Thanks for sharing the middle with me. As always, I hope you've been able to see a little bit of yourself in the story we shared today. Don't forget to follow, share, rate, review, and follow me on social media at Lacey Shares. You can always check out the Joyful Support Movement at joyfulsupportmovement.com and see all of the amazing goodness we have there, like No Shame in the Home Game, Pops of Joy, courses, resources, and of course, the Joyful Support Village. All right, now go out there and spread some joy. Mm -hmm.